Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Audio Podcast. I want to talk to you in this podcast about Christmas. And I want to talk to you about Christmas because I think many people are confused about some of the traditions, some of the history of Christmas. Many people are concerned that there's a quote-unquote war on Christmas where perhaps secularists are attempting to wipe out any reference to Jesus or anything associated with Christmas. And I think uh, even people who aren't maybe as confused about that just wonder, where do we get these traditions? What can uh, people who are seriously committed to Jesus hang on to? What's the difference between a, a Christian Christmas, for example, and our very corporate, very materialistic Christmas celebrations. Well, let me break this down for you. And let let me just say that one of the reasons I do this is that I'm a big believer, not only in Christmas, but in family traditions, rituals, practices. The big boy word is liturgies, because I, I think that these are more necessary than ever. We're all concerned about the loss of our culture. We're all concerned about the loss of traditional values. We're all concerned about uh, you know, the loss of traditional faith. Well, the rituals that we practice in our families, uh, the traditions, the things that we do every year with our children and so on, these are, these are very, very important for embedding these values. I listen to a lot of people tell the stories of their upbringing And many, many, many of them will say, and every year, you know, on Thanksgiving, dad would do so-and-so, or every year, or every time it was mom's birthday, we would all do such and such. And many times what is, uh, has impacted these people the most are simple little family rituals and traditions that were practiced on a regular basis. Even, you know, if they were impoverished and it wasn't anything super fancy, um, It was still was something valuable. I've shared many times in these podcasts that I was first impacted for the gospel of Jesus because my father, who was not a believer, uh, just as a traditional man, a God and country kind of army officer, would read from the Christian gospels to uh, all of our family every Christmas Eve. Uh, it was beautiful, and all of our family later came to faith, and and uh, all of us were changed by what? By a tradition that a man kept because he thought the traditional story ought to be embedded in his children, uh, even though uh, he was not radically committed to it himself. He just knew it should be part of the celebration. So I'm a big believer in these traditions. I'm a big believer in these rituals, and it grieves me to see uh, some people of faith backing away from Christmas. So let me talk a little bit about the history of it, the heritage of it, and let me say now that in next week's podcast, I'm going to do a podcast on Santa Claus, and I'm going to talk about who he was originally and uh, his, his valiant example to us, and then what's going on today with Santa Claus. And by the way, this podcast will be one that the children can hear and that might really help them deepen their appreciation for the example of Santa Claus and maybe understand a little bit what's going on in our culture and in the mall so that they're not troubled by it, and maybe you won't be either. So Christmas was not one of the early holidays or early holy days that the Christian church celebrated. In the first centuries of Christianity, their main emphasis was on Easter, obviously, because that was uh, when Jesus was raised from the dead, and then also on Pentecost, uh, because Pentecost, both of these, by the way, Easter and Pentecost, not only had Jewish festivals that were practiced and that these Christians would have been more familiar with and that undergird uh, these two experiences, Obviously, uh, Passover being the basis for 
the understanding of under, uh, of what Jesus did on the cross and so on. And so Passover was, was easily adapted for Christian purposes. And then the Feast of Pentecost, which was originally a harvest festival, uh, became for the church a celebration of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which really was the birth of the church. So in the first centuries of Christianity, uh, Easter slash Pentecost and the Pentecost celebration of Christians slash the Jewish Feast of Pentecost uh, were both the main emphases. And this is certainly understandable. But a few centuries down the road, along about oh, 250, 300, maybe a little bit later, uh, Christians began celebrating Christmas. And this is for a number of reasons. First of all, uh, many of the traditions that we have in our holiday celebrations are uh, Christianizations of secular practices. You're going to see that here in just a few minutes in some other areas of our Christmas celebration. And that's that's perfectly legitimate as Christians, as the gospel of Jesus and Christianity spread in Roman culture, uh, some of the pagan celebrations would be adapted for Christian use. And Christmas is one of those. There was a great pagan feast called the Feast of Saturnalia. It was when the Romans would pay tribute to the sun god. And there was great feasting and drinking and giving of gifts and so on. Well, it just so happens that that occurred on December 25th every year. Well, as Christianity began to pervade the Roman Empire, um, it became obvious that this Saturnalia took place at about the time Jesus was born. Now, some of you may be surprised to hear that because you've heard the critics of Christmas say that we don't know when Jesus was born exactly and that it probably wasn't around December 25th. But that very likely is not true. There's very good reason to believe that Jesus was born on or around December 25th. One of the uh, bits of knowledge that have caused some people to say that uh, Christianity, I mean, I'm sorry, that Christmas uh, could, could not occur around the 25th, that Jesus could not have been born around the 25th, is that the Bible says that the shepherds were in their fields watching their flocks. And of course, people say, well, that's not what you do in wintertime. You do that in the spring. So Jesus was probably born in the spring. Well, what we know now, though, rabbinic tradition teaches us that there were flocks that were kept in the fields year round. And these were flocks that were uh, comprised of the animals intended for sacrifice in the temple. In other words, you've got sacrifice going on year round in the temple. You've got to have flocks. They've got to be tended. And so we now know from the rabbis that there were flocks in their fields year round. Wouldn't it make sense that if the angels were going to announce the good news of Jesus' birth, that they might announce that birth to the very shepherds who were tending the, the, the sacrifices under the old covenant? Hey, the once for all new sacrifice is here, has been born in Bethlehem. And let's announce that to the, those who are tending the sacrifices under the old covenant. Makes perfect sense. It's what the rabbis believed. Um, and they, of course, believed also that because of a number of other things I won't go into, that Jesus may very well have been born right around that December 25th. Well, the early Christians would have known this. So as Roman culture became increasingly Christian, uh, there was a conversion of the Feast of Saturnalia to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Makes perfect sense. And by the way, I don't really care if Jesus was born exactly on the 25th of December. You know, I have friends who, because of rough family circumstances, never did know when exactly they were born. I helped them choose a, a day on which 
which they would be celebrated, and it meant nothing less because the day might not have been anywhere close to when they were actually born. The point was to celebrate the birth. And, you know, we we celebrate the 4th of July every year as the birth of our nation when actually it happened on July 2nd. Uh, So, you know, it doesn't matter if these days are exactly on course, but I think there's pretty good reason to believe that Jesus was indeed born around the 25th of December. Well, as I say, I'm going to talk about Santa Claus in a podcast next week, Um, but let me tell you about some of the traditions that we have uh, that are related to Christmas and and maybe a little bit where they come from. There's a lot about greenery in our Christmas celebrations. There's a great deal uh, about you know, trees and about, about greenery and yule t- logs and, and many, many things like that. And so uh, the question is, where does all that come from? Where do, where do we get these, uh, this teaching? Well, in, in the 8th century, there was a, a Christian missionary who's now known as a saint uh, whose name was Boniface. He's also called Winfred, by the way. Uh, but Boniface, B-O-N-I, and then the word face, F-A-C-E. And he went to see uh, some some non-believers in the land that is now Germany, and um, he was he walked up to find that there was a human sacrifice about to take place to a spirit that lived in a in a tree that was considered to be holy, and uh, he was incensed by this because he'd been preaching the gospel, he'd been preaching against this kind of idolatry, uh, he had been preaching against this kind of. Um, you know, just just horrible bloodshed. And so he chopped down the tree, which, of course, the natives uh, would have expected that, 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 you know, horrible things would happen to him. He chopped down the tree, and according to tradition, he stood on the stump and preached the gospel, and they all converted to Jesus. So what happened from that point forward is that trees greenery, yule logs, all of this emphasis on trees and, and, and greenery um, was converted to Christian use, and it was seen almost as a, as a sign of victory. Um, you put a tree in your home and you put lights on it. Yes, it's beautiful. Yes, it's to the glory of God. But what you're remembering um, is that not only did God make these things and all things are meant for worship, but the old St. Boniface uh, won a Christian victory by chopping down a tree that was used for pagan use and then used it for Christian use. And by the way, Boniface uh, then took that tree and encouraged people to take other trees and light them and celebrate the victory of Jesus in that culture. Uh, I'm a big believer in this. I have a funny cartoon in my office that has a picture of uh, David sitting by his fireplace, rocking in a rocking chair. And over the over the mantle of the fireplace, up above the fireplace, is the head mount of Goliath. <laughs> because, you know, David beheaded Goliath. And then the Bible says he took the head home. Well, what did he do with it? So this cartoonist has said, well, he must have, he must have mounted it like a deer over his mantle. Well, we don't know what happened, of course. But, but the idea is that Goliath, once the terrible monster opposing the armies of God, became his head became a trophy of the victory of God's people. And I think that's how it is in history. I think that's how it is in church history. I'm grateful for Christmas trees. We have a Christmas tree in our home right now, by the way, because we have a tall ceiling. We have a 12-foot Christmas tree. Goodness. And we really enjoy having it there. And we don't worship it. We don't pray to it. We don't think, you know, that somehow it's especially holy. But what it does is it joins the historic celebration of the victory of the gospel uh, over pagan cultures where trees were worshipped, humans were sacrificed, uh, and horrible things occurred in the name of a god or a spirit that indwelt a tree. So 
yes, we have our home strung with with uh, greenery. We have a Christmas tree. We have wreaths. We have a Yule log, all that kind of thing. And I think it's very, very valuable to do. Well, so these are the kinds of traditions that I think we ought to maintain. And you can imagine how some of our practices were converted from uh, pagan practice. For example, in the Feast of Saturnalia, where they had a big dinner on the 25th, it's not hard to see how the Christians would say, well, let's have a big dinner. Don't we have a big dinner when somebody has a birthday? Well, let's celebrate the 25th of December as the birthday of Jesus, and let's have a big dinner. And then they gave gifts. Well, that isn't hard, right? Uh, We know that God so loved that he gave, and he gave his only begotten son. So the birth of Jesus, Jesus is all about giving. We know the wise men gave gifts. And so why not give gifts? Why not honor a God who gives by giving gifts? You see how this thinking uh, evolved. And so this is, this is very much how it all came about. And I, I have to say that I, I think that we can really uh, enjoy Christmas and not be too legalistic about it. I mean, I know some Christians who don't practice Christmas, of course, the, the, the pilgrims who founded, helped to found this, this land uh, and devoted to Jesus didn't practice Christmas. There are many who don't practice Christmas. Um, our friends who are in the Jehovah's Witness denomination, they don't practice Christmas. But I'll have to say, I think it's a loss. I think it's a loss of an opportunity to speak the, the truth of our God to our culture. Uh, how wonderful that our society is all singing Christmas songs, all singing songs about Jesus and holy nights and about, uh, you know, way in a manger and silent night and so on. And how horrible if we Christians didn't participate in it. So I, I want to urge you to reclaim Christmas uh, for your family. I want to urge you to uh, reclaim the celebrations. And by the way, let me tell you that this time of year is uh, called by the Christian church, the Advent season. And the word Advent is just Latin for coming. And uh, in the in the liturgical calendar, we celebrate both the coming of Jesus as the Christ child, but also we look ahead to the second coming of Jesus. And I have to tell you that, you know, I'm really thankful for the church year. It's, the, it's this Advent theme uh, that really provides the spiritual tone, the, the devotional tone, the personal tone uh, of, of what I celebrate at Christmas. I am grateful that Jesus came as a babe in a manger, and I'm also grateful that he's coming back again. And so my constant prayer during the Advent season is, may Christ be formed in me afresh. It's a line from Paul's letter to the Galatians. May Christ be born in me afresh. I'm going to eat and celebrate and give gifts and sing songs and uh, you know raise a glass with my friends and attend concerts and attend worship services, yes. But in my quiet moments, in my devotional life, wherever I am, my prayer is that Jesus will come to me afresh, that he will be uh, formed in me afresh. And that's what Christmas should ultimately be about. So don't be a Grinch. Don't be negative. Don't be afraid. Uh, live out Christmas with your own family traditions in glorious ways. Be confident that it does come organically from the biblical orientation of the early church. Yes, it accumulated some pagan practices through the years like barnacles, but it was intended to convert those practices. That's why the tree, that's why the wreath, that's why the giving of gifts, and to adapt those practices for Christian use. 
And I suggest you celebrate Christmas. I suggest you have people in your home. I suggest you sing and and be Scrooge after the spirits came in the night. <laughs> A man who kept Christmas, Dickens tells us, as gloriously as anyone has. I think we should use Christmas to celebrate the birth of our Christ and to love our neighbors. And what a glorious opportunity to do so. So next week's podcast, The Story of Santa Claus. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular speaker, and a frequent faith and culture commentator on Fox and CNN. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and The Miracle of the Kurds. His new book is Ask the Question, Why We Must Demand Religious Clarity from Our Presidential Candidates, available on Amazon. Learn more about Stephen at stephenmansfield.tv. The Stephen Mansfield Podcast is directed by Isaac Darnold, who also wrote, produced, and performed the podcast theme song. This is a Chartwell Literary Group production.